Welcome to MDA Insights, the podcast where we bring you the latest in training and development trends straight from the experts at MDA Training. Welcome to our podcast, where we continue our conversation with guest Waiz Achikzad, who has worked with Morgan Stanley and JP Morgan Chase, and is now a co-founder of Zen Culture Solutions. Today, we delve deeper into the topic of uncovering the culture of Wall Street and the future of work. This marks our ninth episode and an exciting opportunity to explore the future of work at Wall Street. So sit back, relax, and let's jump into this fascinating topic. Thanks, Oz. Today, we're going to be talking about uncovering the culture of Wall Street and the future of work. And joining us as our guest today is Wais Ajiksad, founder and CEO at Zen Culture Solutions. Wais, thank you for your time today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Paul. Uh, pleasure to be here. Appreciate the invitation. Wise, your your CV reads like a, a kind of you know guide to almost the great and the good of all of the Wall Street institutions. Morgan Stanley twice, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan. Tell us a little bit about your background to date and what got you into into where you are at the moment. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, no, it's it's been a, it's been a journey. Needless to say, it's 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 been it's been a learning experience, and for me. I've had a blast in the industry in terms of just the kinds of people that I've encountered, uh, the long-lasting friendships that I have uh, at all these institutions. I've maintained friendships. But for me, I I have a passion for human behavior and observing human behavior and leadership and all those things. Once I once I was in a position where I could actually impact people, I, I paid attention to organizational dynamics throughout my career. And, you know, it's one thing to just have a job and just come in every day and clock in and get a paycheck. But, you know, at some point in my career, I, I kind of woke up one day and I was like, well, what kind of what kind of impact am I actually having on people? What, what, what am I really doing here working at these institutions? What does it mean? What's the meaning of what I'm doing? And look, Simon Sinek says, what's your why? I didn't. I didn't even know Simon Sinek 10 years ago or 15 years ago, but I asked that question to myself that long ago, right? And I honestly didn't have an answer to myself uh, for myself other than I knew that I was doing a good job working with my clients, that the hedge funds that I was usually responsible for or from a client service perspective or, you know, hopefully I did what my manager asked me to. But in the end, it was what am I really getting out of this? And for me... I've come full circle now. I've left the industry to pursue my passion, which is to shine a light on what I think the industry is is missing, and especially in the way that the world has evolved, and especially as we look to our next generation and how they're going to assimilate into the industry. And I want to I want to bring some positivity and some constructive measures to address what I believe are some some significant gaps. I also think that current leadership, we need to evolve. We need to evolve to the point where there's a transformation that's significant in how we lead. Well, you know, we, you talk about current employees in, 
in banking. Um, but talking, looking at it from a future employees, so people joining on, for example, like an early careers program as new talent. A common theme that we often hear from our the companies that we work with, the banks that we work with, is they lack that kind of the interpersonal skills needed. They lack that kind of resilience to to cope in the job. Um, and I know you also said that you work with some colleges and do some guest guest uh, spots in these institutions. Why is it they never have that kind of skill set when they turn up? They may have the finance knowledge, but they, they often lack that kind of interpersonal, those professional skills. Why do you think that is? Yeah, no, I, I, that's a great question. I think, look, I think... You hear this a lot. I, I, I do think uh, today's generation is, is uh, you know, technology is a huge, um, it surrounds everything we do, right? And the kids today, as brilliant as they are, and I think they're problem solvers, and I think their intentions are great. Um, but speaking to the kids at the universities, um, I, I do believe that I struck a chord with them when I raised this topic very openly and honestly, that look, you guys are, you're brilliant and I, and I have all the respect for you and in, in the world and I, I want you to succeed. However, if you're gonna succeed, you're going to have to have a, a certain amount of resolve, a certain amount of intestinal fortitude and, and, and a certain amount of wherewithal um, to be able to withstand the fury that you're about to encounter in the corporate world. Um, because, the, because the corporate world hasn't evolved much, especially if we talk about the world of the finance, the finance world. Right. So if, if that hasn't involved and believe me, we're trying to work on that, as I had mentioned earlier, uh, in lieu of that, I believe that it's one thing to learn the subject. And clearly you guys are bright enough to learn whatever topic they throw your way. But are you prepared mentally to be able to withstand what you're about to encounter? And do you have the emotional intelligence and the self-awareness and the mindfulness to be able to to deal with a difficult manager, to deal with a difficult colleague, to understand um, how to to leverage your uh, your contacts, your networking abilities, your skills to be able to take that next step once you're in the industry, and how do you communicate at those higher levels? How do you um, confrontation? You know, so what I what I tell the kids in school is use your classroom as a training ground, yeah. right? Like your professor can be your manager, your your student, your your peers in your classroom can be your colleagues when you go into the uh, into the uh, workforce. Yeah. And talk about if you're not happy with your grade on your one of your papers. Well, guess what? You're going to have performance reviews. And you're not going to be happy in your performance reviews. And I believe that in setting your objective, just a sim simple thing is setting your objectives when you enter the corporate world. Uh, those are formal formalities that you're going to have to actually do it. But they're so important, but they don't teach you those types of things. And how do you actually take those things with with um, very seriously, but also effectively and use your classroom to start thinking about these things. Um, and there's always that group project that you have in school where that one person takes all the credit for what you did. <laughs> Don't think that won't happen when you enter the corporate world. So, so use that as a, as a, as a training ground to really have those conversations, keep your wits about you, but, but really work on that while you're in school. And, and I believe that if you can do that, uh, and hopefully we're, you know, I'm working on a project to, to build some actually curriculum to help people with that. But, um, 
I, I believe that's what's missing. That's the missing ingredient. And that's why statistics with the young generation on our industry is staggering in terms of that they're lasting for no more than two, three years, a lot of them, right? Because they're much easier for them to just quit or go into some other realm, whether it be, you know, startups or technology or, you know, fintech to a degree, but, um, or, or social media platforms that they have. So they have more options today, but I, I don't believe, I don't believe that they need to go that route. I think, I think they can be wildly successful uh, if they're just given those additional tools and, and it'll be better, it'll be better for our industry long-term. Weiss, it sounds like just as we bring this to a close, um, that in uncovering the culture of Wall Street, the future of work, there are two distinct challenges. One, it sounds like, is for HR, for organizations, for talent development within the financial institutions. If staff are our greatest asset, which almost everyone says they are, we need to treat them as an asset holistically and not just give them technical skills. But the other challenge at the same time is that from an employee, from a new joiner perspective, there is nothing soft about soft skills. They are hard, they hurt, and there's never too late. It's never too early, actually, I should say, to start practicing them for the world of work. Is that kind of right in terms of your core message? Absolutely. For me, I have a two two pronged approach, uh, Paul, and and that is to look at our existing you know existing uh, culture and, and and how we can transform that positively uh, in today's world. Um, but also, while we do that concurrently, uh, to take care of those that are about to enter the industry and arm them with the knowledge that um, that they don't teach you in the classroom uh, per se, right? And um, I believe if we can do that effectively, and I, I, I do think all that's also industry agnostic. I mean, I think kids today have dealt with so much um, that we're actually, our generation is responsible for, um, but also you throw in COVID and you throw in their interruption in their education and all these things take a toll on you as a human being. And it's great to learn finance and economics and marketing or whatever it is that you're studying, um, but who's teaching you the survival skills and actually um, flourish once you're actually in the industry. It's you're, You'll always get that job, but then are you going to be able to succeed and, and sustain that level of success uh, over a long period of time? And that's where I feel like. So to me, it is that two-pronged approach. Uh, and, and I'm really working hard to try to address both. Um, and, and I'm just I'm just one person, but I'm part of this movement. And I, I just I'm looking for those like minded people. And I found some really great people, including yourselves, to to um, to work on this together and collectively because um, it, it, it can't be done by one person. But I, I simply want to be a voice. Wait, one last question from me, if that's okay. Sure. For you know, for our HR managers or LND professionals, maybe joining in, listening on this podcast, what three tips would you have for someone in that position right now that's shaping a program for the analysts and associates? What three tips would you have for them right now? Yeah, no, that's that's great, Oz. Um, I think I think we can reevaluate our our curriculum. Um, I, I know that we spend a lot of our resources on uh, teaching, like I said, the product, uh, which is great, uh, and perhaps making a program that's a little more interactive with groups, and and perhaps a little more um, 
uh, involving that kind of group dynamic and, and where there's actual instances and examples of situations that they may encounter uh, while they're actually in the, in the role more long term. So just looking at our what we're teaching them is what I spoke about earlier um, and just paying more attention uh, there you know asking questions of them um sometimes you know when you're in hr you're 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 asked to do something you're asked to ensure that the the, the new entrants uh are, are getting what they need in terms of the courses and um but in the end uh you know are we really paying attention to their, their 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 needs and and we won't know unless you ask them so it's a little more interaction yeah. and i think when you're in hr there's a little bit of a wall between the employee and hr and sometimes breaking those barriers down and, and making making people a little more accessible. Uh, so I think that's that's another key. Uh, and, and so for me, it's it's, uh, you know, there's no there's no right answer to how we're going to approach this this problem that I do feel like we have. I just think we have to look at it on a macro level where it's truly transforming the way that we educate, well, whether it's existing employees or those coming in. Yeah. So I don't think there's any three particular responses. It's just an overall new approach, you know, an approach that's perhaps outside the box. Uh, and I think we can do that with some really bright people in our industry and in HR. So uh, that's my hope. Why well, Sajik said, founder, CEO at Zen Culture Solutions. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast today. All the very, very best for 2023 and beyond. That's all for today's episode of MDA Insights. At MDA Training, we take a unique approach to training and development. We don't just focus on the theory, we focus on real-world application of that theory. We work with our clients to understand their specific needs and design experiential training solutions to meet those needs. But it's not just about the training. We work with our clients to help them achieve measurable results and create real behavior change in the workplace. We hope you found this information valuable from our podcast today. If you did, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. We'll be back next week with more insights and expert advice. Thanks for listening.